Hello, motherfunkers. How you diddly doing? We're back. <laughs> We're back every week, you know. I think we it's really quite impressive. Are. I'm, I'm quite impressed at us. Whatever drivel we managed to put together, whether it's factual or non-factual... We pump it out. Yeah, more more often the latter. It's like, I think we're like a sort of, I was thinking about it, we're like a sort of trashy magazine that's released weekly or fortnightly. Oh, yeah. You were just trash. Really trashy. So that says a lot about, that says more about you than it does about us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Now, my unwilling willing is not happy about the fact that he is the same age as Matt Hancock. <laughs> well, they don't look the same, do they? Oh, gosh. They don't look the same. That's right. You keep that. You keep that ting on, tingling-a-ling. But no, he's absolutely furious. Because you look at Mac Hancock and you think he must be at least, what? What would you say? 47, 48? I know, but listen, you have a job in government, you age. Yeah, you Look do. at the spud that's heading the, heading the show. I mean, a question for you. Do you care who paid initially for his flat refurb? Are you talking about the um, interior resign that's going on at the moment? I mean, what... I, do I care? Absolutely not. But at the same time, he's... not give to flying fucks. Uh, nor could I. And I say this to my unwilling willing. And he says, yeah, but he, the man is a liar. Yes. And he is lying about everything at the same time. Absolutely. And we are just going to... And nothing's going to be done about it. So actually, I do see the point. But his John Lewis comment made me laugh because it reminded me of something that you might say. What, what did he say? <laughs> oh, did you not know? No, no, no. He on. basically just slagged off John Lewis. He just said, as if, I you know... I love John Lewis. I know, but I'm just saying, and so does the nation. Can you imagine every year all we did is look forward to those Christmas ads? People love John Lewis. And just to go... just Basically, he was saying that he's too good for John Lewis. But it really just made me laugh because I did, I did just think... Listen, you. I may say that I'm too good for Asda, but that's not the same. To say you're too good for John Lewis, I mean, it's an institution. People are going absolutely wild and they had vans. The John Lewis had their vans outside Downing Street yesterday, their trucks. People are absolutely furious. But listen, he's in a lot of trouble. I couldn't give a fig that old, uh, what's her name, has got 58, you know, a £58,000 renovation for the flat that's going to last, what, how long, five years? I get it, but I, I'm the same as you, but there's so much. It's care. always the way, it's like with Trump, there was so much dirt on him. Actually, when it came down to him, when they wanted to get him on something, it seemed really sort of banal and just like, who cares? But I suppose they have to get him on something concrete with evidence. And the rest is probably more hearsay without hard evidence. He's a is, liar. Is it similar to the fact that when I was at school, the same school that you were at, there was a girl in my year who, she was a heroin um, addict. And uh, they knew that she was... Too. Well, they knew that she was a heroin addict. But when I say heroin, I mean, she was, but it wasn't really bad. I mean, I think she just did it once or twice, three times a lady. Anyway, the, they expelled her in the end for stealing a sausage. Is it the same? Yay or nay? Just saying. Well, drugs is a big no-no. I had a girl in our class who was so... I Actually, I feel so strongly for her now with, with hindsight looking back. She just lost so many... It was just like a catastrophic sort of sequence of like losing one family member after another. Oh, and with gosh. every family member that died, she became more sort of... Um, Addicted. rebellious and mm. no 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 she she that wasn't the drug taker oh uh, we oh, we had a real assorted uh, pick and mix real pick and mix in our class no so she became really destructive throwing bricks through windows locking teachers in classrooms and being apt i mean the language that we were just we we all turned a you know a lighter shade of puce we'd never heard such language coming at a teacher did they get rid of her they got rid of her when she got pregnant they yeah, got rid well, of her. She fell pregnant at 14. And then they go, right, now you're out. Did she keep the baby? Yes. And she's got several more since. 
It's a really good school in the southeast London. It's called Blackheath High School. You must send if you've got any daughters out there, you must send them. Um, I think it's just a mere what six a term. I don't know. Look it up. I'm sure inflation has gone up. But you must send them. It's a really, really good school. My mum always says, the thing is, you send your kids to private school, you pay all their money, they become drug addicts or they get off with each other. And I said, you're absolutely right, Mum. You're absolutely right. I'm watching something that, you know, I want to mention now because, you know, by next week it will be old hats because it's just started. And I can't recommend it more because I've, I've been watching a lot of shite, actually. I, I don't stuff. imagine it's the same as what I've been watching, but I, I, I'd be nice if it was. Go on. Mayor of Easton. Yes! With Kate Winslet. Oh my gosh, for once, we agree on something. We are on the same page. I think it's fantastic. Basically, how many of you got into it? I've just watched one. We've watched a quarter on Monday and then the other quarter on Tuesday. We're watching it as, you know, live. As live, which is one a week. It's great. Do you want to tell the story or shall I? Well, it's a, a detective from Pennsylvania tries her best to protect her life from falling apart whilst investigating... A mysterious murder. So much more interesting than that. That's just the logline. She's a great character in it, isn't she? Oh, she is brilliant. And you actually forget she's Kate Winslet. You she's do. Sort of, she's got no makeup on. She sort of look, looks like she's going on a ramble. And she's got this, you know, bad hip. Or she's done her leg in. And she's a cop. She's rude. She's obnoxious. But she's so cool. She's and, so um, cool. Downbeat. She's, she's a yeah, junk downbeat, food. Yeah, yeah, just like, just all she's doing is stuffing like hot dogs. She just doesn't eat properly because she's always working. Everyone knows her. Hey, Mary mirror and she's just like what out fuck off you know she's just so cool but that night where she puts makeup on and gets dressed and looks yeah. amazing yeah. like the Kate Winslet we know we go oh my gosh it's Kate Winslet so it's, it's just like took us out of it it's amazing how the difference but it's like what brilliant character work in the whole uh, show yeah the I community is just the way so depressing are, oh so depressing there's also a real warmth to a community like that. There's a, a friend of my willing partners actually said that she lived, she's watching it and absolutely loving it. She's in the biz, she's an agent, and she said that she lived in this very town for four years and they've got it absolutely spot on. Wow. And I was more concerned that someone who now lives in a lane, thrives, lived in that town. It just doesn't seem, it's so different to anything we know, but you can imagine. Listen, if you're out there and you can watch it, it's called Mayor of East Town. It's fantastic. I think there are three episodes that have been released. She is exec producing the whole thing. She was talking, I heard her talking about it on the Mark Maron show. And she said it's one of the hardest accents she's ever had to nail. She had like four or five dialect coaches helping her throughout and you would not know. It's fantastic. It's very good. And we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's just going to be twist twist and twist, apparently. Who says twist and twist? Twist and turn. Twist. Twist and twist. (laughs) You know, I read a really lovely tribute in the culture on Sunday, written by Stephen Beresford about Helen McCrory. And it was so beautifully written that I actually scanned it to my friend Jez. And I just thought it was really nicely. It was a really, really lovely piece. Because obviously I've been trying to find more pieces about her because obviously it was such a shock. But this one is a really lovely piece. So if you're out there, guys, and you want to read this piece, just email us and I will scan it to you. Because I don't know whether you'll find it now. It was Sunday the 25th of April. But it's a really lovely piece in the culture. Just saying. You'll do anything for the people to get in touch. I've got a piece of information, which I think will probably be my winner winner. My husband and I have been invited to our first press night to the theatre this year. I'm absolutely chuffed to my chuff. Well done me. Well done you. And this will be actually at the theatre... 
drinks at the globe oh don't push it shirley at the globe and i said if you think i'm standing for two and a half you've got another thing coming so i'm gonna get hopefully a bench a bonquette to myself midsummer night's dream in a couple of weeks fantastic thrilled thank you We have a very interesting uh, guest on with us today, don't we, Shirley? We do, we do. We actually found each other on Instagram, which is basically Tinder for mums. <laughs> She's a speech and language therapist, a mum to one, and author of best-selling book, Mum's the Word. The shit nobody tells you about parenthood until it's too late. She shacked up with her daughter and her childhood sweetheart all the way in Liverpool, and she's here with us today, and we're very excited. Please welcome Rebecca Oxterby! That's the best introduction I've ever had. Thanks so much. Thank you. Was the intonation right on that surname? We we do have a... Yeah, great. Ox to be or not to be. That's how I remember. Ox to be or not to... I like it. Do you ever get? That's how you remember. Do you ever get? Mum is the word. Is the word. Is the word that you heard. No, no but I think okay. I might start that now. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Hashtag you're welcome. For those for those of you who haven't read Mum's the Word, and I strongly urge you to, it's a sort of it's set out. It's in sort of follows the alphabet in these little bite-sized pieces of hilarious and brutally honest um, sort of anecdotes. I actually think, and don't take offence to this, I think it's a perfect companion. For the shitter, seriously. I sat and then you just read, you read a couple of things and you go, great, that's done. You know, when you're doing another one, you go, and you can't wait to pick it up again, you go and you read a few more. I love books that are set out like that. It's so, it's so up my strata. I think that was definitely the intention. Like, mums don't have the time to read War and Peace, so it was always going to be a little short snippet. People have said night feeds. I like the shitter. I think I'll go with that on the next advert. It was there. Here it is. If we do use any visuals, there we are. It's mum's the word. Very colourful. It is very (laughs) colourful. And I have to say, Um, it is a very fun and frank book. I enjoyed it very much, as did my two-year-old boy, because of its colourful front cover. You know? Oh, yeah. Don't let, but, don't let him read inside. Don't he, read that bedtime to him. Oh, I will. I have. <laughs> I have already. But I was wondering, what was it that drew you to the alphabet style? Just the easy, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was never sure, intended sure. to be a book. It was just me having rants and then, I don't know, just fell into the alphabet. Obviously, you have to find words for things like Q, which is more difficult. But And I think I copped out of X. I don't think I did one. But yeah, just fell into it. And I think it was that easy, don't need to, I don't know, just didn't give a structure. I can't, I yeah. can't be bothered Fair with enough. that longer structure. I think that's, I think that's great. And that's also, you know how, because one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get onto our favourite bits in, in the meantime, but how, how do you go about writing a book? And, and, you know, that is one way of just saying, okay, I'm going to start with small little digestible pieces and just start because that's the problem. People always go, yeah, I could write a book. I want to write a book, but they don't, yeah. do they? Yeah. And you did. So just tell us a bit about your process, how it all started. Um, found parenting really difficult. So with my f- first and only child, probably about six months in, I was like, fuck, this is really mundane. Nobody told me that this was going to be boring. Nobody told me that it was going to make me kind of lose myself so I just started writing little bits down. this sounds really miserable it gets funny I started writing bits down about my experience my life with her and then I guess it just evolved and then I started sharing it with other parents and they were like shit you've got to release this because this is every parent's head but nobody said it out loud before so I just 
threw it out there um, on Amazon because unless you've got like a billion followers, no publisher is interested in you. And then there we go. It kind of it just grew from there, I guess. Good for you. So you uh, so Amazon published it. Yeah, uh, there's a thing on Amazon called Kindle Direct Publishing where Jeff Bezos takes all of your money, but you get to release a book, which is is nice. And I guess it's that big platform, isn't it? Everybody's like, oh, it's on Amazon. So they think that it's fancy. That's really that's really interesting. Something I didn't know was even an option. That gives hope to all aspiring writers it does. out there. Because it's really hard to, to get published, you know, especially with no previous experience, because this is your first, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So weirdly, second one is out on Saturday, but the, the first one, you've got no yes, audience Congratulations. Thanks. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm insane or not. I don't know if anyone's even interested, but I just kept writing it and it formed another book. So it's there now. I think it's brilliant. When I came to the end, actually, of the book, I found it very moving. I did shed a tear. I was waiting in the, I was in a waiting room at the at the doctor's. I shed, I think I was shedding a tear for many reasons. But it was very moving, your last, your sort of epilogue. And then, you know, the, the idea that there was a follow-up following Isabel, your daughter. Yeah in her second year, I thought, I want to know what Isabel gets up to. I want to know what surfaces she shits on and how little she sleeps. I do. I it's do. funny, actually. That... It's changed, I guess. So the, the first book, she did nothing. So she, I was just a co- passive commentator on the fact that this child was sitting there doing nothing. Now she actually does stuff and she's quite funny. So I guess the, the tone of the book has changed a bit to commentate yeah. more on somebody who actually gets up and moves and throws shit about in the house now and have you have you adopted the same style yeah it's all right you you keep interrupting me Shirley please (laughs) that's okay we will interrupt one another and Bex can I just say you do look about 12 and I was wondering I think you probably are a young mum aren't you be honest guess how old I am let's play this game I would say you're about 24 Yes, I'm 30. That's amazing. <laughs> I was going to guess 30 only because you actually say you're 20. Oh, okay. Shelley never reads the small print. I never, read the, never small read the small print. print. And, um, and I was going to say, well, Isabel's one, so you must be 30, but you look a lot younger. You, you really great. do. Thank but you. I appreciate yeah. it. And you obviously, because, you're, you know, you are in Liverpool, can I take you're Liverpudlian? I am. A little bit of a yeah. Scouser. I'm trying to get rid of the accent. Sorry, that's no, awful, isn't it? But it's I am not trying that. to lose it. I have to say, Scousers always have tidy hair. Always. I've never come across a Scouser that doesn't fix up look sharp. So that's another thing that makes you look about 12. Just come away from a photo shoot. I have not done my hair for a year and a half. This is the first day. So you well, are privileged to see the fact that I have makeup on look so. I'm liking what I see. But that's young to have a baby, isn't it? Isn't it? Or not? Maybe not. Is it? Maybe not from... See, I think everyone should have their baby by the sort of, you know, if it's 40, then it's quite good. But I suppose most people do have them a decade younger. I don't know. Because we're, we're in London, no, yeah. it's absolutely normal. Actually, 29 is, all, is also pushing it a bit. I mean, can mm. you imagine in our parents' age, you wait till you're 29. People are I'm saying, not oh, talking about, I'm talking about, about now. I'm talking about no, I, I know, but it's still, it's, it's, I think London, London especially. Especially southwest London. And southeast, please. Yeah. Uh, they leave it later and later because that was one of the things, Bex, when I knew, I just go, gosh, we are diff- different generation mothers. When you talk about certain people, other mothers who give their advice and what would they know? Because they they used to take planes when you could smoke on them and they dip their, you know, they, they, they feed their babies whiskey, dip their pacifiers in whiskey. And you're absolutely right because I remember I, I was on a flight from Tenerife when I was 17. I smoked 
20 cigarettes on the way back. I smoked so much, there was no circulation or air that I woke up with my eyes sealed over. I got conjunctivitis and I couldn't open my eyes in the morning. Uh, stank like an ashtray. Obviously, you could tell your mother then that oh, someone else was smoking. It was never you. And she had to put chamomile on both my eyes, tea bags, and slowly prise my eyelids open. So, like, for, for about 24 hours, the last thing I saw were just, like, really, really bad behaviour in Tenerife. It just it took so long to prise them open because we were smoking the planes. And it was outrageous. I just don't understand how that was allowed. Yeah. And that is another time. And you were and you were not in that time. Those were other people no. to you. And I thought, gosh, she's a different, she's, she's a different generation. Yeah. And I, I wonder how you feel, actually, because I certainly know the pros and cons for, for me. And I can imagine for Shirley too. But what what do you feel the pros and cons of having a child sort of in your twenties essentially? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And I still think that I I don't want to say old, but I guess I'm older than a lot of my friends who had their kids. So I've got friends yeah. who have got like thirteen year olds and they're the same age Amazing. as me. So to me I'm like the last one in my friendship group and I've been to uni kind of got my career and then that's why we've tried to have well, we had a child, but I feel like an older mum. It's funny that, isn't it? But so then you, you're a geriatric mum if you're older than 35, which is mind-blowing to yeah. me. So, yeah, maybe the terminology is all out. I don't I don't know. I just feel like I'm in the middle. I suppose you are, really. Maybe it's just my, yeah, I'm disillusioned. That's fine. You talk about your career, and you're a speech and language therapist. I and am. Am I right for um, stroke victims? Yes. Um, adult stroke victims? Yeah. When did you get into that? So, and have you returned? Yeah, uni degree when I was 18 to 22, so it's a four year degree, and then you kind of work your way up the bands of the NHS. So, I'm a band seven now, which is like a clinical lead. You start at five and work your way up, and this is kind of like a nice time to pull back and to start your, your family, I think. So, I returned from mat leave a year ago, and weird time to return in covid i guess but yeah we're, we're still here we're still alive it's amazing that you went into that though isn't it where oh, did you train was it, was it just university yeah newcastle yeah. university granddad wanted me to be a doctor and i didn't like blood so i went to do something that didn't need blood wow how was it in newcastle did he keep your top on oh the best place yeah because it's enough it's boobs, cool isn't so. it it was the best place out. in the whole world. But yeah. I didn't have any boobs then. I'd, if I went back now, they'd get a shock. definitely get around my out. ankles, but they'd get a shock, yeah. <laughs> I'm always fascinated when I go up to Newcastle. I cannot believe how birds literally just have their tits out in like it's minus so 10 cold. degrees. It's so cold. I know, yeah. just hanging around kebab shops, but, just like, yeah. But it's applaudable. It's really applaudable. <laughs> Great, so you went to university, you did, and that's where you trained. That's fantastic. It's really yeah. impressive. You've basically got a career and you've got a family and you're not even 30. I can't even cope. Well, and yeah, a career, a family and writing a book, yeah. it's, it's like you're ticking a lot of boxes You're kicking there, it in the dick, Bex. You're kicking yeah, it in the dick. Yeah, but the mental health doesn't cope well with that. I push, push, push myself and then grind myself into the ground. But to the rest of the world, I look like I'm thriving. <laughs> Remember, so what, what's on the outside that counts? It's exactly. what's on the outside that counts. Wait, take it till you make it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, we absolutely... Now, I also got a sense, and please, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I got a sense when I read your book that you do, this may have changed, the lion's share of the work, and old Danny boy needs to start. I go, come on, Danny, pick it up, mate. I feel bad, you know. I I think in the first year, that's difficult because 
I was at home all the time, so you feel like you're doing everything. The poor lad went to work every hour of the day and I was just like, well, you need to come in and do dinner because I've looked after your child. Now, we're both in work full time and he's he's not a bad lad. Like, he's all right. Hmm. She, lo- she loves him more than she loves me, though, which pisses me off because I have grown her and I've ruined my body for her. That's what annoys me. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even understand what I've done to my pelvic floor for you. I guess, yeah, He's. I can't complain about him now. He's all right. Yeah, because in the beginning, and I've seen this a lot, it's, it takes a while to sort of know how much to allow the other person to do. Mm. You sort of think you should be doing it all. I'm the mother. I should be feeding. I should be changing. I should be getting up in the nights and then preparing for the family, you know, and then keeping the house, you yeah. know in a semi-decent state and putting the meals on and actually Shirley you can't be talking about yourself here please no no this is other people no 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 I've heard I've heard this is how women feel yeah I was about to say (laughs) that's not my experience Bex I'm actually with a woman and she does does everything everything. yeah yeah and um I basically just had to press I didn't even stand up I she just would bring me my our, our baby and I would just press him to my big baggy boob and then I'd hand him back yeah and I did very little outside that but then people would just go oh my gosh you're so lucky with women I just said I don't I don't I mean I didn't need to ask but say if I was in a situation you can get lazy women out there as well believe me I'm one if you feel you have to I never had to ask so I was never put in that position and I think if I did have to ask I would have found it difficult because mm. no one likes to you need someone to just say listen I I can see you struggling let me do a bit more or just fucking do it. Yeah. Don't even make a big deal of it. But I, I do think there's a, you know, there's pride, there's vulnerability. There's all these things when you first are a mother. And that's why it takes a while just to work it out and just go, right, I'm not putting up this shit anymore. You can do a bit more of this, a bit more of that. Yeah. And there's a bit more balance. I definitely got the balance back when I went back to work. Cause I was like, I, I can't do that. Like I've been in work all day too. You take her to bed. And like, I think, he likes to share a lot of the stuff that we do together. So it'd be like, let's take it to bed together. Let's read her a story together. And it's cute, but I'm like, no, I just want to sit on the couch and piss about on Instagram. Like, you take it to bed. Mm. So I think, I don't know, like, it's cute, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, but we we need to take turns in this because I don't want to do it every day. Absolutely. No, too right. And ha- have you managed the two of you to find, to sort of find each other again, like after the first year and sort of have a a bit more because it's so difficult isn't it that first year yeah it took a long time and I think lockdowns kind of prolonged how long it actually took for us to find ourselves again I'm looking forward to being able to go back out on date nights and stuff just get with your husband with Kendall, or with someone with else people yeah, yeah other, just... other people like get other back men. onto tinder <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe not men though actually I'm a bit done with men I think uh Shirley, you've got it down. You know exactly how to do it. I've been around, I've been around the block. Well, not I say that. You could always change it up, Matt. You could always change it up. Introduce, darling. introduce a third wheel. It's a good uh, third you know, book, sure isn't it? Be up for it. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh yes, definitely give you some <laughs> material. That's you know, it might spice it. things up. You know, he might thank you for it. You bloke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing wrong yeah. with the thruple, Bex. It's I'll very 2021. I'll give it as a suggestion. See what he thinks. See what he says. Don't blame us. Don't say we've suggested it. We're in trouble for a lot of things. When he runs off with this third woman, you are going to get a... I can't think of the word now. Come back. Yeah, all right. This is is the problem. This is the problem. They fucking run off. Even if it's only for five minutes, once they run off, then there's no turning back. And that's the problem. 
two met each other when you were teenagers? Yeah. Like a, I was 16. That's Sixteen, it's amazing. So you're proper childhood sweethearts. Yeah. Was he your was he your first? Oh God. Um, no, no, <laughs> slag, slag. He, he knows. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But I was his first. So that's lovely, isn't it? That's oh, that's question. really yeah, that's sweet. Really, really romantic. But you're gonna oh, have to get in that third wheel. Nothing else. He knows absolutely nothing else of the world than me. Oh, that's really sweet. Oh, is it or is that it is sad? so tragic? That is so tragic. tragic. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're just going to have to throw. There is something. Oh, you've got the power there, Bex. You I really have got have. the power. The poor lad knows that, and he thinks it must only happen about twice a year as well. I think he thinks that's normal because he's not had any other experience. Bless him. <laughs> Much the best. He doesn't need to he's know anything got, else. He's just got Bex and porn. He's just like, wow, these are like such different worlds. That's all there is for him, poor guy. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, no, that is so lovely. And that really just, that really happens around these parts, does it? That you um, stick with your first. Yeah. Well, we bought There's a house and had a kid and then it's just difficult to get out of, isn't it, more than anything else? Yeah. Well, it's inconvenient, thing. I think. The thing is, I have to say, your, obviously, as I say, your book was very fun-packed. I enjoyed it very much. Did you find anything you watched or, or watched, listened to or read when you were pregnant that helped? Because I think there's a lack of... There's a lack of sense of humour out there when it comes to any sort of parent guy to, yeah. you know. I think Mumsy Mum was fun, wasn't she? She does the whole, like, real-life stuff, but hers was always mm. focused on a toddler. So I, when I had Isabel, I was like, mm, that's not the stage that I'm in now. Nobody told you about the bit before. Mm. And yeah. that newborn bit, I think that's why it shocked me was... There was nobody telling you that newborns were boring as shit. Everybody was like, oh, my God, it's the best. And they're cute, but, like, draining on your resources, yeah. both physically and mentally. I think those early yeah. days are really dark. I mean, look, Shelley and I were lucky enough to be, because our boys are 13 days apart, so we're lucky enough to sort of go to each other's houses and sit in silence while our boys just shat and ate. And we could just yeah. look at each other. There was no politeness, which was really nice. We didn't have to pretend to be anyone else, but just quite downbeat and weatherbeaten and haggard. But I think it's really difficult because I think a lot of women out there do give off this impression to other women that it's all a bed of roses, which it isn't ain't at all, is it? No, I was so annoyed with my friends who'd had kids. I was like, why the fuck have you never told me yeah. that this is horrible? Yeah, because then they say, because then you'll never have it. Because I said that also about the birth. And I know you you sort of, you had a C-section, which is no um, walk in the park. And uh, I feel like I know you so intimately, Bex. You really um, do. I'm so impressed with your research. Oh, guess what? I'll read your book, didn't I, babe? Um, <laughs> but that, you know, just first of all, just going through, you know, someone, in order to get this little beast into the world, you're going through seven layers of epidermis, you know, major mm -hmm. abdominal surgery. I had yeah. my own horror show. And then, you know, of course you don't get time to convalesce. You're given a baby and you have to keep them alive. And it's just like, off you go then with no yeah. no manual really and it's a fucking nightmare and anyone who says I, I i have no desire to repeat those early days ever again like i have no desire no. whether or not it happens is another question but it, it doesn't make you know some people go, oh i just love that phase that new one i just can't wait the smell of their heads it's not worth it smelling you yeah. know a freshly laundered pair of underwear why why do you have to smell, smell someone else's baby's head it's just it's horrific 
I really, I really I agree. don't enjoy smell it. Smell somebody else's. A few of my friends are growing the second now, and I'm like, can I smell their heads and see whether that brings anything back? Because yeah. I'm not ready to jump in again. How old your one now? Then how old is she? Twenty-two months, so nearly That's two. Nice. Too. yeah it's nice they do stuff now she talks yeah. to me and like tells me the names of animals and stuff it's really cute and you can, leave her, you, you can leave her alone for five minutes in another room i think that's oh the best my thing god ever. discovering the tv and you can negotiate oh, with them yeah. Yeah. do you want a banana yeah and then she sits on the couch and eats a banana and watches peppa pig so i can have a poo on my own it's the best no one ever told me like I hate Peppa Pig. I hate her, but she is a part of our bubble in this lockdown situation, and that's okay for me. Like, sit down, watch Peppa Pig. I'm gonna go and play on my phone in the kitchen. Yeah, later. It really does make. I think two is the turning point, and I think that's always when people get a bit broody. They go, "Oh, shall I? Sh-? I know it was an absolute shitstorm, but maybe I should." But it really is. I'm up the duff again in the six months, and it was only at two that I started to think about it again. I thought, "Oh, am I mad? Am I not? Not?" But it really, because cause it just, I don't know, because they've got a personality and you can, you know, they're, they're fun yeah. That's what I thought. When I found out that you were having another, I was like, I, are you insane? But then I've started thinking, babes, I'm a decade older than you, babes. <laughs> Gotta get it out. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the pregnancy is the problem, apart from the morning sickness, you know, the morning sickness, the mm. all day fucking sickness in the beginning. It's getting it out and then rearing it for that first year. But I, I yeah. say yeah. get in, get in, just get in the nannies now. It's enough now. Get in hired help. One of the things you mentioned actually in your book, and I just, V it was, it was V for visitors. And I just couldn't mm. believe that you endured that and I know that Shirley the longer Shirley had like had sort of not, not a similar experience actually I, she she had an experience but I just thought you poor poor thing to have to just stupid. Why did, it's just... not a poor thing it's an idiot I was an absolute idiot I visited every day for six weeks why why because everybody wants to come and see the kid don't they how many of those people have come to see the kid again hardly any of them but at the time you go yeah, come round, I'll make you a brew. I'm walking around like crippled because can't breathe because of my stupid C-section scar, making people a cup of tea and then them being like, oh, have you got any biscuits? And I'd be like, oh, I'll go and try and find some. It's just stupid first mum problems, isn't it? Now I wouldn't do it. Now I'd be like, bring, bring food your own, or bring you're it, not yeah. coming in. And you do say that thing and I think it's really true. You say if you are, this is, you know, your, your message to other mothers or people visiting new mums. If you if you don't feel comfortable enough to make your own cup of tea in their house, then you shouldn't be there. And that is so yeah. true. You shouldn't be there in those early days if you're just waiting for the mother who's just had massive surgery or whose fanny is still hitting the floor or is yeah. assholes torn in two to go and fucking make you a cup of tea and get the chocolate yeah. hobnobs out. No, do your effing self and bring... What's happened to people bringing around cakes and biscuits? And, you know... Or do... fully cooked meals. That's exactly. what I'd like. Like a massive pan of chilli. That's what I'd like. I did that actually when my, I got really... Because I didn't really know how to behave. I didn't know the etiquette before I had my own. But since having my own, my partner and I have become amazing when other people have children. Like what we mm. send is what we would have loved. So we send a week's worth of food um, cooked from like that cook place. I don't know if you've got a yeah. queue. And, and then, yeah, tin full of muffins. So you get all the sweets, thingies. And then, you know, of course, loads of other... Sh- this is very close. This is not just random people, folks. This is I was going to say, like... 
I will let you know as soon as I'm pregnant you let, again if you that's the kind of delivery we're getting. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a little, yeah, a little care package. And that's yeah. what people want because that's what, that's what, and we were really lucky because we received those things. Also from, as you say, sometimes the most random of people make the most mm. generous gesture. And I think it's because they're taking their, themselves back to when it happened to them. And yeah. I just think that's the only thing they go, this is what they really want. I didn't even think that someone would send a week's worth, not even a close friend, a week's worth of food that we just put in so deep freeze. So nice. We but that's had a the thing. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I had a friend who I met on a hen do. Like, not even a close friend. She sent me a £50 voucher to get, like, a massage or my nails done or something. And was like, here's a little treat for you. I was like, what the hell? Like, it was a better present than most of our family had sent us. Because it was just so thoughtful. And for you, it's one that's specific for you as well. That's the yeah. thing. I remember in a book saying that nobody looks in your eye. Nobody looks in the mother's eyes anymore. It's all about the child. It's true. It's yeah. so depressing, isn't it? It is. But I was going to say, regrets you have a few in those early days. If you went again, Bex, if you went again, what would you do? What I'd would you do be differently? a sensational mother to a newborn now. Because I just would like, you? fuck it, I'm staying in bed. Don't come near me. I want to have my boobs out. I want to lie in bed. Just get loads and loads of TV and just get people to deliver stuff to the door. They can see a picture of the baby on the way out. Like, I, yeah. I would not see anybody... Oh, I, it sounds awful, that, doesn't it? And I remember going, oh, but we've made those people uncles and aunties and grandparents. They need to come. But what it extended to everyone. I remember someone coming in, and I can't say who it is. But they know who because, they are. They know who they are. Well, yeah, they'll know who they are. And that was really angry the way I said it, but I am still really angry. They came in and they said, God, she doesn't do much, does she? To this, like, two-week-old baby. And I was like well, fuck off till she can do something then. Like, why are you wasting my afternoon for? Just don't like the way people... What do they expect of me? I don't know. And also they said, oh, you you don't have a doormat because I I, we'd just bought the house, we'd renovated the whole thing, then I had a baby. And he come in and he said, oh, you don't, you don't have a doormat? And I was like, no. Like, I've just had a chat. No, you just think, oh, go away. I can't deal with this. How these annoying. People. Also, what do they expect to do? She's fucking, she, they think she's Judy Garland or something to start yeah. breaking into song. Also, so annoying. People are I so know. Annoying. I was just like, Ugh. so yeah, the, that's a warning to anyone who comes around if ever I, I decide yeah. to screw my life over again. Or just send that person a little text message there. I've had a little word with myself and we've decided that you're not allowed to come over ever again. Yeah. Thanks so much, though. Thanks so much. Lots for of love. Yeah. yeah. Bye. I remember not being able to speak for the first three days because you're so shocked. And I had, I mean, it was a short, sharp birth. Yeah. But I was still really, you know, you, you, yeah, you can't get your personality back for a long time in those early months, I think. No. What would you do now? So what is your plan uh, for this one? Lock the door. I just put a door, I know, on the door. Yeah. yeah. Leave oh, the presents on the Leave the presents on the door. And, do yeah. and then just, yeah, yeah. I do things very differently. I, I, my confidence already is much, much better than before. I, I, I was had a completely different situation because I had a six um, night stay um, in hospital after giving birth, courtesy of the NHS. So thank you very much, Bex, to you and yours. I mean, it wasn't me, but I'll take the credit. You know, you're representing. They, and and so when I and when I got back, as I said, I did not lift a finger. So then when the people came, they, it's you know, it was just it was so nice and. I was more than happy to hand the baby over because I remember you saying, actually, when it, when the baby's just being handed around, you're just like, that's my baby and I want to hold it, you know, my turn, yeah. you know, check with the mother yeah. if it's okay. Mine would scream every two minutes to be back on the boob. 
anyway so that wasn't a problem but it's yeah it's, it's it's all these things all these this etiquette that people just don't know or just really really get it so so wrong yeah. it makes me, definitely makes me think twice now about I just yeah keep my distance until someone says oh do you want to come see the baby and it's easy on COVID yeah. anyway no one's been visiting anyone have they um but definite food for thought when when the gates reopen and the babies they come as they will but I also think it's the responsibility of the partner to pipe up. And actually, my partner, my unwilling willing, mm. as I like to call him, was given the heads up by a friend of ours who lives in the States. And she sat him down and said, look, you have to give people either a half an hour window or after a while, you know, you let them know that it's time for them to leave. And he didn't do that. And my unwilling willing is a really good guy, decent guy, lovely. But if the football's on, he does yeah. get distracted. And next thing you know, it's two, three hours have passed. And I'm looking at him to, as if to say, please, enough's enough. And he won't know. To, but I did give him the bollocking the one time. He did take it on board and no, he won't do it again. No, he won't be doing that again. He will not be doing it. He won't be doing that again. He will not be doing that again. No, I've already seen that. I've already seen the difference with you with this second on the way in terms of your organisation, your skills, you're getting things sorted and, and ready. You're prepared, you're you're not preparing to fail what's the expression preparing to no, fail if you fail to prepare you prepare to fail you're not doing that you're preparing and which is no, good because you I am were preparing. very much unprepared the first time round and winged it for want of a better word and this time you're just like sorting everything so far in advance the thing is like they they have control the kid has control so you can prepare everything and then they turn up and then they screw it all up so I guess you can prepare as much as you like, but just be ready that they're going to... You could get a good kid who sleeps and then you're on to a winner, or you could have an absolute nightmare. My kid got teeth when she was three months old, and Shit. everybody was saying... I know, everyone was saying to me, it's not teeth, it's not teeth, it's too early. So I was like, right, well, mine's broken then. And then she finally had these little teeth come through and I thought, oh shit, I've been so nasty to you and you're having these little teeth. And now she's got all of her teeth. All of her little mates are all little whingy cranks and mine's brilliant. So this comes full circle, doesn't it? It does come full circle. It does. And they're all such different little beasts. They are. Yeah, you're never going to get the same one twice, are you? If you were to give the sales pitch for your second book for our listeners out there who may want some... Ideas for gifts for new mums. How would you pitch it? Then, oh, good question. I'm not great at pitching things, actually. I guess it's a follow-on, so it documents the transition back to working mum, the juggle, and looks at how the baby transitions into a toddler and all of the shit that comes with that. So it's it's similar to the first one in its style and its kind of readability, but I guess it just looks at me reflecting on who I am as a mum now. And looks back at that poor little lost woman and is like, oh, shit, it's okay. Yeah. And I'm not oh, sweet. It's not... And, and yeah. what's the word count? What's the word count? Oh, God, it's not that long, you know. 25,000, you can get it done in a night. And very much like Grease the Musical, it's called Mum's the Word 2, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, Mum's the Word 2. I love Good. it. No, no fancy name. No. Couldn't think of a fancier name than that. So what you're going to do, just Mum's the Word 2. It's all shits and giggles, it's called. Perfect. And thank you very much, Bex. It's been a delight Thank having you, you on, listening Thank to you. your your stories. And guys, if you go out by bum, bum, bums the word, go out bum. by mums the word. <laughs> That's my next one. Bums the word. Bums the word, and then mums the word too. So exciting and well done yeah. you to have achieved so much. Well so done. Long. 
all at the age of 12. Thank you so much. All at the age of seven. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a triumph. Thank Thanks so much, Bex. <laughs> Thank you. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. 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 So there we are. Wow. As, as I say, it's a fun Frank book. You must pick it up. Get it, it for the is, shitter. It is. Downstairs and up. It is. It is perfect for the shitter. And it's not, it's not necessarily a compliment, is it? But I think it is because you need those short little tidbits. One thing I did want to say is, uh, and I didn't pick it up, is there are definite pros and cons to being a younger mother versus an older. And I'm actually a bit gutted that I'm as old as I am, you know, 40 starting out at 40 because I a I'm fucking knackered and b I just don't want to be one of those elderly women at the school gates you know I want to have a bit of energy and I, I feel that uh, my energy levels are only going to deplete from 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 here on out yeah fine but you're you might be old but you're sage and that's the main thing do you have a winner winner for me this week Shelley yes we were at a, uh, we were at a loss yesterday me and the boy so we went to the car wash Sure. He absolutely loved. I mean, I love the car wash. My car, I don't know about anyone else's car during lockdown, but it has it is just sort of a foot deep with cans, crisp yeah. packets, wipes, toys, mud, yeah. d- debris, you know. Debris. Did you go to the machine or did you have those men who sort of clamber on your car like you're about to be gangbanged? Well, sat, well, exactly that one, because I don't yeah. live in North London anymore and there are no American car washes near me because I wanted to take him into the American yeah. car wash. However... This bunch of lovely Eastern Euros were so lovely and they were there were about eight of them. It, we stayed in the car and they were just firing the, the water gun at my son. He was just beside himself, leaping from the front to the back and more, more, more. And they were so lovely. They were really lovely. Um, I tipped them heavily. I did. My dead duck is actually the fact that he then needed a wee and they were like, please use our bathroom. And I said, no, it's okay. And he goes, please. And then led me to what I can only describe as the very toilet from Trainspotting. Right. It was absolutely revolting. And what can I do? I had to then go in there. He'd never seen anything like it. He goes, oh, mummy, what's this? I said, quite. No lid, shizen everywhere. I just, just said, I just said, don't touch anything. And, of course, he touched everything and put it in his mouth. So that was a bit of a Debbie Downer. But otherwise, it was a great experience. And I recommend for anyone who hasn't done it yet, take your kid to the car wash. Brilliant. At the car wash... My winner winner is obviously the fact that I'm going to the theatre. I've got a, I've got a press night ticket. That's fantastic. It's a night out. Dead dark is the fact I can no longer see my fanny. Not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I really am feeling it now. Oh dear, and it's all waxed and lovely, and all uh, you've got a Bollywood and everything, and you can't see it. Can't see it. Can't so see anything. Sad. So sad. Also, my lower back is really giving me jib. Listen, I tell you, I haven't thought about it properly, but it's imminent, Shelley. It's imminent. Guys, it's imminent, I think. And I, I haven't really given it any thought. And I must start going to, I must start doing some more yoga. And I must start looking lively because next thing you know, I'll be pushing that thing out of my fanoir. And that will um, not be a picnic in the park. How are the Kegels going? It's, yeah. it's difficult, isn't it? Few and far betwixt. Few and far betwixt. Yeah. But never mind. Same, same. Well, Shirley. I know. It's been eventful. Thank you so much, Rebecca Ox, to be coming on our show. It's lovely. We have a young author on. Yeah, and it's Fantastic. so lovely. You're such a different flavour and, you know, such a noble, worthy job you do, a speech and language therapist for stroke victims. And on top of that, just decided to write a book and just bloody did it. And you're, your and you're a ma. And you're a ma to boot. And a wife who hasn't put out for years. Oh, join the um, queue. Join the queue. Join the queue. Join the line up. There's a long line. All right, then. 
Thank you so much, ladies and gents, and those who identify as other. Thank you to Mabel Productions. Shirley, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Motherfunk with Shirley and Shirley, otherwise known as Joanna Carolan and Pascal Wilson, produced by Mabel Productions. Tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.